Our time is burdened under the cumulative weight of successive debunkings of our conceits. We live in the cosmic boondocks. Welcome to the Cosmic Boondocks, a weekly online radio show discussing science, reason, and humanistic values in India. Namaste to my fellow freethinkers. We have an awesome show for you today. Lots of science news to report and even some exciting announcements. But all right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Starting this week with an astronomy story. The big news last week NASA announced that after five years of study, we have conclusive evidence that dark energy exists and that it is a constant force throughout the universe. First, what is dark energy? Well, it's really just a name that physicists have come up with to describe something that they know very little about. In fact, we don't really know what it is at all. What we do know is that the mathematically verified force accounts for certain unexplained phenomena. Dark energy was first proposed when it was observed that light from supernovae, which are these large exploding stars, was being flung out at increasing speeds. That is, the light from these stars was accelerating as it was leaving these stars and moving away from them. That same force is also acting on all the stars, planetary systems, and galaxies in the universe, pulling them apart at increasing rates as the gravitational forces between them decreases. So we know that some force exists, but we just don't know much about what it actually is. The study looked at 200,000 galaxies using data from NASA's space-based Galaxy Evolution Explorer and the Anglo-Australian Telescope in Australia. The most fascinating thing about this study is that it establishes that dark energy is a constant throughout the universe. The force called dark energy makes up some 74% of the universe, and it is everywhere. We know now that the universe will at some distant point in the future be a cosmic wasteland, and when some intelligent life on a planet somewhere looks up at the night sky, there will be no stars to see. Researchers in the U.S. are reporting that people are praying more for their health. Nope, I'm not making this shit up. This is the conclusion of a study of data collected by U.S. National Health Review Survey looking at alternative medicine use in the public. Data from 2002 and 2007 were compared and it shows that across a number of demographics, people reported praying more in 2007 than they did in 2002. These are really large sample sizes with tens of thousands of people. The study shows that those most likely to pray are those who have experienced a long-term decline in health or those who have had a sudden change in their state of health, which also lends evidence to the idea that people tend to pray more when things are uncertain and they're scared. 
Interestingly, they found that you are more likely to pray if you are highly educated, which seems counterintuitive. The conclusions that the authors drew from the study seemed biased. For example, they conclude their study saying, Therefore, it is critical to understand how this religious-slash-spiritual behavior has changed and how this may affect patients' health as another step forward in improving the quality of care. What? If people are praying more, and if praying increases in response to more uncertainty, then does it not mean that things have gotten shittier with the medical system in the US, making patients more uncertain about their fate? How the hell is this another step forward? And why the hell are the researchers assuming that just because these people are praying more, they're actually gaining some benefit from it? Maybe they're praying more because more people have been indoctrinated in recent years. Maybe they're praying more for other reasons, not because it helps them. Maybe they're just praying more because they think it helps them. Basically, these researchers are subtly pushing for the mind over body idea. There are many dangers in misunderstanding the placebo effect as anything more than a purely subjective effect limited to alleviating pain perception. Pushing prayers seems like a wrong thing for a doctor to be doing. Of course, I'm not advocating telling people not to pray or busting their bubbles, but shouldn't the medical community be looking at this as evidence of their failures instead of as evidence of the power of prayer? Another astronomy study, this one is about water on the moon. In 2008, scientists at Brown University published a study looking at magma from lunar volcanoes and confirmed the presence of traces of water. Then last year, ISRO's Chandrayaan moon mission, carrying NASA equipment, confirmed the presence of ice lakes at the poles. The latest study, again by the Brown University team, again looked at water trapped in magma. The scientists are reporting that the water in the magma is a hundred times more than previously thought. This water is in a form known as lunar melt inclusions, which are tiny globules of molten rock trapped within the crystals found in volcanic glass deposits on the moon. The fact that the water is trapped within the crystals makes it easy to preserve and study. It offers a valuable clue into how much water is actually there on the moon. The findings present an alternative model to explain the water ice found at the poles. The earlier hypothesis was that the water was brought to the moon's surface on comets. The new model, fed by the latest evidence, posits that the volcanic eruptions may have fed the ice lakes. Sun TV, a Tamil television channel, ran an expose on Nadi Jyotidam, a form of palm leaf astrology that is seen in Tamil Nadu. 
Professor Narendra Nayak, the president of the Federation of Indian Rationalist Associations, has written about his visit to this place and his work exposing this popular scam. I'll link to that in the show notes. The area surrounding the Vaidishwaran Temple near Chidambaram in Tamil Nadu is known for these astrologers who practice what they call Nadi Jyotidam or Nadi Astrology. Now, the temple is a hotbed of superstitions, mostly related to health since the temple is dedicated to Shiva as a medicine man. But the Nadi astrology is one of the biggest scams in the region and has evolved into a small-scale industry. Now, the original palm leaf manuscripts are supposedly thousands of years old, written by sage Agastya, who's pretty much a mythical character. There's mention of his legend in various scriptural and literary sources but there is no tangible historical evidence of its existence. The story goes that Agastya wrote down the life histories of every human being who will ever live on earth on those palm leaves. And there are many astrologers in this area claiming to possess the original Nadi leaves. The Sun TV show was pretty hard-hitting for a mainstream regional channel. They show that the whole thing is carefully orchestrated from start to finish. As soon as one enters town, he or she is met by one of many brokers, who then proceeds to befriend and gather information about them. They are then taken to the astrologers, who pretend to read from these ancient palm leaf manuscripts, but actually use the information gathered prior, as well as employ cold reading to make their so-called predictions. In case you're wondering what cold reading is, I don't have the time to go into it now, but I'll post a link in the show notes. In an excellent piece of investigative journalism, the reporter questions the locals, including some who are clearly critical of the scam, and finally is taken to a place where the Nadi leaves are manufactured today. The entire process of making these leaves is captured on film. The palm leaf fronds are harvested, cut to size, and boiled in water with an undisclosed substance mixed into it. A metal spike is then used to scribble a supposedly ancient Tamil script into the softened boiled leaves. To an untrained eye, the dried leaves easily pass for well-aged palm leaf manuscripts. The amazing thing is that all the villages surrounding the temple are involved in this scam. The villages are so remote and the gullible devotees arriving every day do not go into these areas that they are able to get away with this for so long. Overall, great job by Sun TV. It is a very positive sign to see such a hard-hitting expose from a mainstream news channel even if they don't go all the way in declaring Nadi astrology and astrology in general as complete nonsense. Our last science story is about erasing memories. Did you just picture men in black? Well, we're not quite there yet. A new drug that's being tested by researchers at the University of Montreal working on stress has been shown to help forget bad memories and reduce the stress associated with them. The drug, metyrapone, has been known to reduce cortisol levels. Cortisol is a stress hormone and is involved in memory recall. Now this is a clinical study and they used human subjects, 
33 men to be precise. What the researchers did was divide the men into two groups, and both groups were exposed to a story containing negative and neutral events. One group was given the drug and the other was not. They found that the group that received the drug did worse when asked to recall the negative aspects of the story that they were told. Obviously, this opens up the door for research into therapeutic uses, such as for patients traumatized by horrible events in their lives who may want to reduce the memories that cause them distress. There's not much known about the mechanism of action. More research will be needed before any practical applications are realized. have a few announcements for this week. Professor Narendra Nayak, the president of FIRA, that is the Federation of Indian Rationalist Associations, has just finished a program interacting with about a hundred children at a village called Bethangadi near Mangalore. The program was for two hours and the kids asked him a lot of good questions. A photo of these kids listening to Professor Nayak's talk is posted on the website. A second announcement, Professor Nayak will be conducting a two-day training program on Rational Thinking for the faculty of Periyar Maniammai University at Vallam in Tamil Nadu on the 30th and 31st of May. He has already held two very successful programs at the same university and his experiences there have been posted on the website. Links for this are also posted. Last week's quiz question was, when was rice first cultivated in India? The most accurate estimate we've been able to get from both the molecular as well as the archaeological evidence looking at the early Gangetic civilization puts it around 4,000 years ago. This evidence matches up nicely with a recent evidence pointing to the split of Oriza Indica from Oriza Japonica 3,900 years ago. That study demonstrated conclusively that the domestication of rice happened only once in the Yangtze Valley in China between 8,200 and 13,500 years ago. Of course, wild-type rice predates cultivated rice, but all the rice cultivated today goes back to the original strains that were first domesticated in China. Of course, this does not preclude the possibility that there were other now-extinct subspecies of rice that were cultivated in India prior to the introduction of the first cultivar of Chinese rice that survives today. But there is no evidence for this. For this week's question, listen to this audio clip. We think that uh, many times uh, patients uh, uh, feel healed even though they may die from a disease if they learn to go beyond their personal fear of death. And you can never do that unless you uh, have a patient have a spiritual experience. So that was someone that we all know as the master of Wu, Deepak Chopra. The challenge is to list any logical fallacies committed by Chopra in the clip. 
I will start a thread on the forums where we can discuss this clip. Cosmic Boondocks is produced by Ajita Kamal for Nirmukta Radio. Please visit our website at nirmukta.com, N-I-R-M-U-K-T-A.com. Join our online community of freethinkers in building a culture of rational inquiry and critical thinking in India. For details or to send us comments and suggestions, please use the Contact Us page on the website or send us an email at info at nirmukta.com. And that's all we have for this week. Music for today's show was Rising Legends by Epic Soul Factory, Warrior of the Light by David Palmero, Cherubs by Josh Woodward, Tutsera Plukom Zavan by OST, Kori by Talco, Ocho Novis Fora by Camareta Brasileira, and Jim and Ruth by The Wind Whistles. Thank you for listening. 